Welcome to the Pokes Cast. I'm Ryan Thorburn, the Wyoming B writer for the Casper Star Tribune. Uh, pleased to be joined by Robert Gagliardi. Gags, it's been a minute. How are you doing? Doing well, Ryan. How are you doing? Doing great. So uh, I just wanted to get you on to kind of get your reaction to uh, Wyoming recruiting and Wyoming's offseason for football so far. I know we're in the middle of basketball season, but you know football is a year-round sport and and basketball is not fun to be around or talk about right now. So um, just what were kind of your impressions of, I know you follow it still, of Craig's recruiting class, transfer class, uh, walk-on class, and also just, you know, some of his comments from his signing day. Because, you know, from the Arizona Bowl until signing day, we did the media didn't get a chance to really talk to Craig on the record. So uh, it's not just about recruiting. It's about the direction of the 23 team. You know, I think, you know, it was kind of quiet, I think, is a good way to describe it for me. I I think, you know, the team addressed the needs that it wanted to. Um, You know, I'm sure there were probably misses there, you know, some hits, maybe some some guys that maybe came in maybe late that they they weren't quite sure. But I think it was just kind of an unassuming type class, but it was small. You know, this wasn't a large class. We knew it wasn't going to be even with some of the, you know, the the transfers and stuff like that. We just knew it wasn't going to be. So it was kind of typical of a, of a small class. Um, you know, it was interesting in the, uh, you know, when we when we talk about this, the, the transfer portal era we're in, Ryan, you know, people are thinking about, obviously they're thinking about who's transferring out, you know, but then who's coming in. And, you know, obviously in the early signing period, they got the, the running back from Northern Illinois who, Wyoming fans and coaches saw firsthand how good he can be just against them. But then they get a, you know, in that second one, they get two receivers from the, you know, football powerhouses, Vanderbilt and Holy Cross. So, um, you know, no, I'm not, I'm not knocking them saying, oh, they failed there. You know, it's just, you know, I don't know if, you know, if that really drew a lot of excitement necessarily just because of where those, those players came from, but that's probably, you know, maybe you're looking into too much. Um, I just thought, you know, they, you know, they went to the junior college ranks a little bit and, and and got a couple guys and, you know, they got a corner, I believe. And I think he will have three years if I remember right. And that's, that'll be interesting. Um, and I really kind of like the, uh, the walk on the walk, the, the preferred walk on group um, across the board. You know, they got a very good receiver from Thunder Basin High School up in Gillette. Uh, the big lineman out of Cody looks like a man. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, the big lineman out of Laramie, you know, sounds like he's got a lot of raw potential. And those are the type of guys you want to get in as those preferred walk-ons. And also thought, you know, whether it was guys they signed or even on the preferred walk-on in, you know, they were in Colorado. And as you probably have seen in maybe a lot of Wyoming fans since, you know, obviously Coach Prime has gotten to Boulder, you know, not a ton of Colorado guys. Even CSU didn't really make a huge splash within the state, at least on the surface. So, whether it's preferred walk-ons or scholarship guys, as we've talked, Ryan, and I'll I'll go to my grave with this. I think as long as Wyoming football is in existence, Colorado has to be. If it's not its number one recruiting base, it's got to be one A or one B. And I thought they did. So I thought, you know, I don't know if there's a lot of flash here. If there's, you know, a guy or two or 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 a few that just go, whoa, you know, look at this. But I think it was, I think it was solid. Uh, I think they addressed their needs, and now we'll see moving forward where it goes. I don't know if we're just going to see a ton of these guys make splashes in 2023, but, but I guess you never know. Yeah. To me, uh, the headliner is going to be Harrison Whaley from the, 
from the opening signing period from Northern Illinois, the running back, because Wyoming obviously loses Titus Swin, and we've seen uh, what Harrison can do. He's a stud. You know, I've mentioned it before. I'm surprised he's not trying for the NFL draft or going to a power five. That's a huge gift for Wyoming. I think Wyoming defensively um, knew all about how, what he's capable of from that afternoon and DeKalb. And I think Harrison probably did his research and realized where can I go where I'm going to be featured. And Wyoming is certainly a great opportunity for him. You know, you just don't know if DeWyan and, and DQ, how their health will be or how healthy they can stay. As we saw last year, it's always good to have depth there. You know, Jordan Vaughn, you know, had his moments in the Arizona Bowl. Hopefully that sparks him to have a good spring. But, uh, you know, Whaley's here. He's on campus. I'd expect him to be uh, really an impact player in the Mountain West. Uh, you mentioned uh, Ayura Sante, wide receiver from Holy Cross. Uh, Devin Body, wide receiver from Vanderbilt. Uh, when you look at Asante, that's an FCS program, a pretty good one his production was really good. Like if you compare it to Wyoming's receivers, it's, you know, better than a lot of receivers mm -hmm. we've seen come through here. Obviously he's coming up a level, but uh, you know, obviously a smart guy, Holy Cross is a, is a good academic institution. Uh, same with Vanderbilt and body when he was healthy, um, not this past year, but you know, in 21, he had good numbers and he was recruited by some big time programs coming out of, high school and and you know i saw um some wyoming coaches uh you know at basketball games and they didn't say yeah you got to get here and get here for spring and, and get after it these guys are getting degrees from these places and they're encouraged to do that so smart guys that they think will show up for the summer and pick it up you know starting in may and uh uh, in the case of Asante, only one year left, so he's really got to prove it this year and be an impact player. Uh, Body has several years left, so uh, that's the uh, $1.7 million question Craig gets every year is about the passing game, and uh, I think these two will help. I really do. Yeah, you know, I'm very curious, and it's, it's, it's odd, and I don't know what you think, Ryan, or what you, maybe you're even getting an impression from readers and followers is obviously, you know, with the portal – you know, you know, you say, oh, they, you know, if schools bring in, you know, guys from, you know, big time power five programs. And again, you know, I know Vanderbilt, obviously in the SEC and one of the best conferences around. And then, you know, it, I don't know if there's a big splash with these guys. You mentioned, you know, they've shown flashes. Obviously, they were, you know, kid from Vanderbilt was, you know, pretty highly recruited and stuff. And the Holy Cross kid is certainly been productive but it's it's almost kind of like a microcosm of a lot of wyoming football recruiting in the first place where generally it's not like there's a lot of splash to these guys maybe they're kind of under the radar and maybe some of these guys from the portal aside from the north you know whaley you know the running back is a little bit under the radar and that's almost kind of like you know i think it shows wyoming does is doing its homework they're looking at guys you know need want fit and those types of things so i don't know are you you know what what are you kind of hearing from, you know, readers and, and you know, people online and stuff? Are they really excited about it or they're like, mm, I don't know, you know, Holy Cross or you're even Vanderbilt? Are you are you getting any of that kind of stuff in this portal era now that as opposed to what maybe they can do on the field as opposed to where they're coming from, I guess? Yeah, I mean, we talked about it. I wrote a column after the Arizona Bowl. I mean, when you have back to back seven and six seasons, I don't think people are going to get 
too excited about next year or too down, you know, because mm-hmm. all seven and six seasons are different in Wyoming's case. Um, this one was a surprise. The year before was a huge disappointment. Um, you know, Wyoming's not going to attract four and five star receivers out of the portal, even though there's a lot of them in there because of their style of play. Mm-hmm. I mean, guys go in the portal because they want lots of catches and to get noticed by the NFL. So uh, these guys obviously you know, are going to have their degrees and they're going to get an opportunity, but I'm sure they know and have been told that you're going to be doing a lot of blocking and you're going to also have a chance to stretch the field. Um, you know, like we saw, you know, in the Boise state game, Wyoming had a shot to stretch the field and take control of that game early. It didn't happen. You know, so there are opportunities there, but you got to take advantage of them. And uh, you know, I think these guys, you know, are here to stir up some competition in the room. I mean, they have a lot of guys coming back um, wide receivers that have been fine, but no one, you know, is obviously a, a go-to guy for Peasley. That would be the tight end trait and Welch. Um, mm-hmm. Speaking of kind of that, the theme of the last two years, the seven and six finishes, you know, the 20, uh, 21 team obviously was picked to finish second in the mountain behind Boise state had all the seniors, super seniors, all the uh, kick the door down attitude and was, you know, miffed about the COVID year. Cause they thought they were going to be good that year. They, a lot of guys came back, didn't work out well. You know, they got off to that dreadful start in Mountain West play and kind of there was just the fire was gone. Um, then last year, they're picked fifth in the Mountain Division, finished seven and six. Well, the, the 22 team was one of the youngest teams in the FBS. The 21 team was one of the oldest. Now, this one is kind of a mix. It's still a young team, but uh, Bill Connolly from ESPN, who always does the uh, the rankings of just about everything, college football, came out with his returning production rankings based on you know the recruiting cycle and the latest portal cycle and everyone coming back. Wyoming is number four in the FBS in returning production. Uh, 82% of the offense production is coming back, which is seventh nationally. 84% of the defensive production is coming back fourth nationally. But this isn't a senior-laden team either, so it's kind of a mix of the last two. Does that get you uh, optimistic, or 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 do you want to see it come to fruition? Because usually teams like this that are returning like this are you know projected to do great things i mean michigan's number five uh florida state's number one both those teams are going to be you know in the in the top five to 12 in the preseason rankings well i I, to me it's kind of a double-edged sword i I, yeah you know obviously on on the surface yeah that makes you excited and i think especially defensively for this football team that makes you i think as a a fan you should be excited because the defense is very solid and you know, you get guys back healthy and stuff. That's that's optimistic and offensively. Yeah, it's nice to see production coming back, but there wasn't a whole lot of production there to begin with. <laughs> you know, they almost need. You know, what did you say, Ryan? Like 84 percent of production coming back on offense or whatever that number was. It's all to me. It's almost like no, this offense needs to have needs to be better by eighty three or eighty four percent. You know what I mean? Don't get me wrong. I, that that's encouraging. Hopefully, that's something to build off of. But that production wasn't that great. And I think we all know, and it's not, you don't need to be a rocket scientist to understand this, that that offense needs to be more productive, period, whether a lot of that production is coming back or not. So defensively, I'm, you know, maybe a little bit more excited about that. But offensively, it's good. Maybe hopefully something to build off of. But 
whether it's 84% or 4%, that offense just needs to be more productive, period. So maybe a little bit in check a little on the offense and probably a little, well, not a little, even a lot more excited about the defense, assuming they can pick up where they left off or continue to develop like they like they showed from last year. Yeah, I think the defense could be special. You know, if Jordan Goodbow and, and or excuse me, uh, Cole Goodbow and Jordan Bertinoli stay healthy, obviously they're tremendous. You know, Easton Gibbs is really good. You know, now they have depth and experience all over the place. I think the defense could be special. The offense is going to run the ball well. I think the offensive line is going to be good. It comes back to the same old, same old. And and, and there's a lot on Andrew Drew Peasley's shoulders this offseason to make a big stride because I think he's going to be the guy. And you just hope they're developing underneath him for the future. But, uh, you know, Andrew Peasley is going to be the guy. So you just need to go from being one of the worst passing games in the nation to in the middle. And I think you could mm-hmm. uh, have a shot at the Mountain West. When you look at the, you know, Connolly's list, second among Mountain West teams, which is a little bit of a surprise, is UNLV. They're 42 in the FBS in returning production, followed by Boise State at 49, New Mexico 61, Colorado State 62, um, Fresno State, the reigning champion, all the way down at 84, and it goes down from there all the way down to Hawaii at 122. I think most Wyoming fans are starting to realize at least this year that Wyoming did fantastic with the portal. They lost nine guys. There's a couple that you would maybe want to have back out of there, but um, you know, they, they adjusted well to the portal era and, and this team was tight last year and they they're sticking together and you know, that gives you a chance. Yeah, I, I think it does, you know, and that's it, that's nice to see. And I'll, I'll be curious how, you know, the winter conditioning goes, getting guys, you know, getting guys bigger and stronger and faster. And then, you know, obviously, you know, spring and although spring can be such a mundane type thing, you know, I don't think we're going to see. And obviously, Ryan, I'm probably going to get a lot of access to see a lot of things other than me. You know, you mentioned it, you know, we've talked about this before. There's going to be a lot of, you know, scrutiny, a lot of eyes on the offense. Yes, it starts with Andrew Peasley. I, I fully 100% agree with that. He's got to be better, be more consistent. But a lot of things on this offense needs to be better and more consistent and just, you know, improved. And what happens, you know, you know, yeah, they're going to run the ball. But, you know, we've talked a lot about the passing game and its struggles and its inconsistencies and blah, blah, blah. And, and rightfully so. But is there anything that that can be done schematically? You know, is there, you know, yes, this is a pro style offense. And I understand, you know, that the passing tree with it and stuff can be somewhat complicated or somewhat complex and this and that. And I'm not saying, you know, truck it, but is there other things they can do with the receivers and, and, and this and that to maybe loosen things up to get, you know, to get things going a little bit? Again, I'm not a coach. I'm not going to pretend to be one or an offensive coordinator or an armchair quarterback. But I got to think after, you know, these years we've been talking about this, Ryan, that what can, you know, it's part of the coach's responsibility, yes, yeah, to coach them up, you know, develop them, but also put them in the best positions. So if a lot of the things they've been doing haven't been generating things, what can they do to generate more more offense, you know, more production? So I'll be curious if if, if we see any of that, um, you know, going into spring and then the fall camp and obviously into the season. But I just, 
it's it's nice to bring in some new players and see how guys develop from one year to the next, all this and stuff. But what what if anything will they do schematically to maybe bring this offense along a little bit more? Yeah, I hope we see a lot more of the script to start the Arizona Bowl, which was tempo, short passes, and Peasley was what seven of eight on that first drive, all short passes, mm-hmm. quick tempo, and they moved right down down the field and scored a touchdown on a nice pass. So. You hope that the defense is so good that Bull trusts the offense. Like, okay, if we have a three out, three and out here or there, it's not the end of the world because our defense is so good. So let's try some tempo, try some passing, you know, early down passing, that sort of thing, just to change up your tendencies a little bit. You know, I Mm -hmm. think a lot of us could coordinate a defense against Wyoming because we know their tendencies on offense by heart at this point. So that was good to see uh, against Ohio that first drive. Of course, it disappeared against one of the worst pass defense teams in the country for about the next two and a half quarters, which was unfortunate. And Wyoming still had a chance to win in overtime. So uh, you hope you're going to see more tempo, more uh, more passing. Short passing is fine with me. It's a seven-yard completion, you know, by my math, is even better than a four- or five-yard run. So um Let's see more of it. I mean, you mentioned the spring, and we'll get into you know the spring later on a different podcast. Uh, normally, as a writer, you're knee deep into basketball and like dreading the spring. I'm kind of looking forward to spring football because hope springs eternal, and the <laughs> situation with the basketball program is is pretty dire. You know, this was a team picked to finish second in the Mountain West behind San Diego State. This is going to be a four or five bid league team and Wyoming's going to finish in last place or second to last, depending on how the next border war goes. Uh, really everything that could go wrong did go wrong this season. Uh, and that includes Graham E.K. not playing one single game this year. Uh, Graham announced Friday that he's just going to shut it down and get completely healthy and play basketball TBA. Next season, uh, there was no leaning of I'm coming back or I'm going pro or it's kind of out just out there that he uh, was not going to play this year. So, uh, you know, 24 hours after that announcement by Graham, uh, Wyoming laid a complete egg against San Jose State. I was there. I wrote a column kind of critical of the basketball program for having the body language and play on the court of a team that just wants this to be over. Uh, I don't know if I think that's fair, at least that night. That's what was happening, in my opinion. Yeah, you were there, Ryan. I wasn't. And I read your column and, you know, I've seen teams like that. And I think you aptly described it. And and what was a little surprising. Now, look, let's 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 preface this by saying San Jose State's not San Jose State of old. They're not Mountain West champions. Good. But they're much better. Tim Miles has done a very good job there. And, you know, they've beaten some teams at home. Um, they're not San Jose of old. Still, it's 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 kind of it, it did kind of blow my mind a little bit of how you know re- describing how you you know you were there of how Wyoming played. I mean, you know they were coming off a very impressive win at home against Fresno State, and I know Fresno is not very good, but Fresno beat them in Fresno earlier, and you thought okay, not that they're going to go rip off five in a row or something, but you thought okay, they're maybe starting to find something here. You know, and yeah, I know funny things can happen on the road, Ryan, but hey, you know, you got to have, you know, it, 
I'm sure that the, the Graham EK news, you know, I don't think it was unexpected to these guys. I don't know what happens, you, you know, and even you don't, what, what is said behind closed doors, but I got to think there's got to have been some conversation that these guys had an inkling this may happen. And, and as Jeff Lender said, and you even mentioned, Ryan, it's not like there were, something was uh, was new because they haven't played with Graham all season long. This wasn't anything new of all of a sudden he, your big man's out of the lineup. So, you know, I, I don't know. Sometimes those things happen on the road, but one thing that we haven't seen maybe up until last Saturday, Ryan, where, you know, maybe Wyoming got beaten, maybe at times they got beat bad, but the, the effort and the energy and all that stuff was there, and it wasn't. And, again, you know, it is a long season. Sometimes those games happen. I hope that's not a trend of what's going to happen down the stretch here. You know, I I hope it's not a, a case where, you know, these guys just want things over and they're going to cash it in. I'm sure Jeff Linder doesn't want that. I'm sure his coaching staff, they're not preaching that. They're not condoning that. I'll be curious to see how they respond to it. But um, I don't know. I was I was surprised. I maybe wasn't necessarily surprised they lost, I guess, just in the manner that the Cowboys lost and stuff like that. And, you know, basketball's a long season. These guys also know that. I, I You know, I don't know. Was it just one of those off nights? Well, I guess we'll see. Um, but you were there, and I thought you aptly described it, Ryan, and we'll see how, how Wyoming responds. You know, um, I still think this team can do some things. They're capable. Uh, the margin of error obviously is thin. It's razor thin, um, and it seems like it gets thinner every week. Um, but that was disappointing to see and see how they respond. You know, I'd like to think, you know, these guys have some pride, and if anything, you know, Hunter Maldonado, Hunter Thompson, those guys are, you know, the the veterans of this group. You know, where does the leadership come from within to, to, to maybe give them a spark or something? And, or if anything – for the younger guys or the newer guys to, to play more for them. I, I don't know. I, you know, I don't know if they need to do soul searching. Maybe they do, but it was a very disappointing and surprising outcome last Saturday down in San Jose, no doubt. Yeah. I mean, Tim Miles is doing a tremendous job. I mean, they're not going to be going to the NCAA tournament, but they're in the middle of the pack in a really good conference. And you've probably been to that arena. It's, it's horrific. It's not, mm. I don't understand how they can get players to go there. It's just the worst. Uh, Now, there were some people there. I mean, Tim Miles has a little excitement going, but it's not like you're going to Cameron Indoor or something. I mean, Las Vegas is usually pretty good about uh, setting lines. That was a pick-em game, and Wyoming was just blown out of the water. And, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if they come back and play well and maybe even beat UNLV at home, but – I have no faith that they're going to even compete at Boise State, at New Mexico, at San Diego State. I know they'll compete at Colorado State because of the rivalry and everything. And for pride of not mm-hmm. finishing last, that's a last place matchup. But they're, I, they're going to, I mean, whatever the spread is against those other three road games, I would, I would, you know, I would take the uh, the home team in those. I would, I, I would too, at this point. I mean, we've seen, you know, good Wyoming teams, you know, whether it was last year or in past years, go to those places and and really have their hand have their hands full or just get just get boat raced. You know, we've I've seen that, you've seen that. You know, we'll see. I guess it's you know, best thing is they do have another game coming up here, you know, soon, see how they respond. And you know, the it's I guess it's kind of one game at a time, but it's just such an up and down year. And I can only imagine what's going through, you know. You know, I know Jeff Linder's coached basketball an awful long time, Ryan, and same with his assistants. This has probably been one of the most 
and I'm probably saying this with the kindest word possible, one of the most unique unique years that Jeff Linder's probably ever experienced, and probably even for these 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 players. I mean, none of them expected this. You know, this has just been odd. And all all I can really say is not I'm not trying to cash this season in yet. There is a lot of basketball left, and you just never know what can happen. But I can only hope this would only help them down the road, or at least use all this adversity to to learn from. I mean, if you can't learn from something like this, I, I don't know what you can learn from. You know, obviously they, you know, it's not that they didn't learn from their past successes of last year. A lot of these things were out of their control that's happened to them this season. But, you know, when you're going through off-season workouts or you're going through stuff going into next season, boy, you got some poignant reminders of like, no, we don't want this to happen again. <laughs> so, Again, I'm not already trying to look forward to next season, but they certainly got some some talking points and some learning experiences to build off of already. Yeah, if you're looking for positives, I mean, Hunter Maldonado looked like he did last year in that game. It was one on five, but he was amazing in that game. You know, he did all of the scoring. He was on the floor. He he's these other guys have more invested in the future than he does. Obviously, his time is winding down, and he was the only guy out there playing hard. And so you hope that leadership rubs off on these guys down the stretch. You know, he's going to give it his all these last seven, eight, nine games, whatever it ends up being. Um, You know, Nate Barnhart is the freshman of the week. So you're getting, you know, Nate and Caden Powell, a lot of valuable minutes, bigs that either are going to be replacing Graham full time or will be able to, uh, you know, back him up or, or pair up with him next year if Graham comes back. So that's, that's a positive thing. And, you know, you see Noah Reynolds developing into a, a great scorer. That's a positive thing. Uh, you know, we think Wenzel and Ducell and, and uh, Jeremiah Oden are, are going to be better next year and more consistent. They've been proven players over the time. So there's some pieces in place. It's just a matter of, does Graham come back? And if he doesn't, who do you build around? I mean, with Graham, you're a 25 win team without him. You're a last place team. I think that's a little frightening because we thought depth was such a big deal for this team. And obviously other guys have been hurt in and out of the lineup and all that, but that's frightening. If you lose Graham, do you lose all of that momentum Linder had those first two years? Uh, I think that's a little scary. Uh, yeah, I certainly think it is. And then, you know, as you, if you're Jeff Linder and the staff, where do you, you know, where, recruiting wise, where do you go to start to not rebuild, but to to continue to build, I suppose. But I, I look at, at, at EK's situation, Ryan, and look, he's a very talented, talented individual and has a future. But, you know, look, he's coming off a foot injury, a big man with a foot injury, and I'm certainly hoping he's going to be okay. But Deciding to go pro, I don't know that that certainly would be a risk. And I'm not saying he can't play pro basketball, but coming off an injury and then turning pro, I, I, that's that's a big time roll of the dice. And also, Ryan, the the the, the pro game, whether you're talking the NBA, the the G League, or whatever it's called in obviously overseas, the, the game changed because Graham truly is a post up center, and that is a dying breed in pro basketball right now. Now I know. Like even when they had this the scrimmage in in Cheyenne before the season started, you know, Graham was shooting some threes. He's working on developing his game and stuff like that, but it's not there. Okay, now do you develop it in the pro at the pro level? Okay, I guess that maybe maybe that's an option for him. I just would have a hard time believing if that 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 Graham leaves to turn pro 
based on just what happened this year because of all the development that I still think he has room to grow. There's a, you know, obviously the portal is always going to be a, 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 an option for all the, all of these guys. But again, he's coming off a whole year where he sat out, you know, is someone, you know, I'm sure someone could take a, a, a chance on that. So I'll see. I, I, my gut tells me, Ryan, that Graham E.K. is is going to be back. He wants to prove to himself that, you know, he that he's healthy. It sounds like, and you've been around him, that he's very loyal to to Coach Linder in Wyoming. He likes it. It's not like he's not happy here. I'm, I'm sure he's not happy about his circumstance. But I don't know if, you know, I know some people say, well, what if he turns pro? I don't see that personally. Now, and that's not a slam on him or anything. I just think with all the things that's happened to him over the past eight, nine months, I just don't think that's an that's not a good option for him right now, and we'll see that. But that's what my gut tells me that he'll be back, and you build around EK next year, and then see what happens, and then you know that that's how I kind of foresee this whole scenario turning out. Yeah, and I I just want to say like I've requested EK multiple times. Uh, Wyoming has not provided EK for interviews at this time. I think EK wants to get his emotions in check and you know he's upset right now he's as upset more upset than any wyoming fan i mean he wants to be out there bad but his um long-term calculation is it's not worth it this year my gut is that you know he will he'll be back at wyoming next year i don't think he'll play in college basketball unless jeff linder is his coach linder's obviously going to be back next year Uh, i think graham will be back next year i think they'll have a chip on their shoulder i think they'll have a good year next year uh, he's not going to be in the NBA next season. I mean, he's not going to get drafted. He's not ready for that. So his calculation has to be, should I come back to Wyoming and, and you know, fulfill some of the goals we had coming into this year, develop, and then maybe give it a shot after that? I think that's probably what's going to happen. But I, I don't see him leaving for a Power 5 just to get some NIL money. If he does leave, I think it would be to play professionally in Europe or the G League, and you can say, well, that's not NBA money, but for a kid, that's a lot of money. Okay. Yes, it is. So, uh, and it's more NIL money than anyone at Wyoming gets, um, mm-hmm. which is, you know, from what everything I've asked about, I don't think Wyoming players are getting much of anything in NIL. So uh, I think he'll be back. I think he is a loyal guy. I think he's a has great character and is a, a tremendous human being. And, uh, and you just hope it all works out for him because uh, he deserves it. And, uh, you know, hopefully the guys that are suffering through this on the court um, are better next year. I think they will be. And uh, if Graham's coming back, I think the bulk of this team is coming back. Uh, It had to be very humbling for the three Pac-12 LA transfers to not only barely play, but not play well also in at San Jose State, a program they would never even consider coming out of high school just one of the worst programs in California period, one of the worst programs in the country period. You want, you got to wonder what those three are thinking going to the NBA off season. Cause they really have no choice. They just transferred. Uh, they need to figure out what in the heck they're doing because physically at least Ethan Anderson and Max Ogbon Polo have what it takes uh, mentally or team unity wise. They need to figure out, what they need to do to make Jeff Lender happy. Well, I, I think one thing that could would be a good start is maybe playing a little bit better defense. And that's across, that's not just picking on those guys. That's kind of Wyoming. That's kind of, that's a microcosm of the team in general. But I do think if uh, a good start would be maybe Dean up a little bit better. 
All right. Well, Wyoming, uh, we're taping this on Tuesday, hosts UNLV late Wednesday night at the double A and uh, we'll see how they respond to uh, their worst performance of the year or one of them. <laughs> Robert, thanks so much for your time. Um, we will do it again soon. Hope you're doing well. Appreciate it. All right. Thanks, Ryan. Appreciate it.